Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the You Should Run podcast. I'm Tony Heil, council member in Bridgeport, Pennsylvania. And as always, if you've listened to the podcast in the past, you know I've spoken with people who have run for office all across the country from borough council like myself, where I live in Bridgeport, uh, to mayors like Mayor Providence, Rhode Island, to uh, state representatives, including my guest today, uh, members of Congress even, and U.S. Senator Bob Casey, and even some state auditors, which is always the most exciting conversation. Um, but the point of this podcast is that a lot of people tell you to vote, uh, which is very, very important. But there are 500,000 elected offices in this country. There are not 500,000 great people in office. There are not 500,000 great candidates all the time. So we need to get the best people possible to run. It sounds scary. It sounds intimidating. But it's important that we do it. And today I'm talking to someone who, um, even though she may be younger in age, she has a lot of experience in knowing about politics, um, is very passionate about her state of Michigan, and uh, it's an important important state right now, as always. Uh, her name is Representative Mary Cavanaugh, and we're going to talk about her experience and hopefully encourage you to get involved as well, wherever you are. So, uh, Mary, thank you for talking today. No, of course. Thanks, Tony, for even inviting me. Uh, like you said, my name is Mary Cavanaugh. I'm a House District 10 here in the great smitten state of Michigan, um, and that includes Redford Township and a portion of Northwest Detroit. Um, so everybody kind of knows where Detroit is on the mitten, uh, so I represent a portion of that. So I just, I'm really happy to be here and really happy to talk to anybody about taking that chance and making that jump on getting involved and running for a seat. Yeah, so you obviously, um, your family's in politics, um, as you well know, of course. Uh, so you have seen things happen in your state. Uh, but did you assume like, oh, well, one day I'll just get a job and run for politics? Because your education background is not doing that, right? Yeah. Um, so actually growing up in politics, I think that was the number one thing I didn't want to do. Is, mm-hmm. uh, I told myself um, I wasn't going to run. I knew it was uh, very political and it could be very hard. Um, to come home every day and kind of have that fight and work 10, 12-hour days um, and really just fight um, and not always see the best return. And so that's when I just knew I'd carry my family values and try to participate in campaigns, getting other people elected and also volunteering in like nonprofits and everything like that. Um, But why I actually really got into politics, uh, even though I said I didn't want to be the face, is... um, as you know, and I'm not sure if anybody on this podcast, uh, my grandfather was the former mayor of Detroit back in the 60s uh, during the Detroit riots. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my dad grew up with that. And he actually invited uh, Martin Luther King um, to march on the streets of Detroit before he had the pleasure of marching uh, down Washington, D.C. And he also was one of the first uh, Detroit government, uh, mayor administration that hired uh, the first African-American on his administration. And so... Um, I just really have tried to carry on those core values. And with my dad as a former county commissioner and state rep, um, even though I didn't want to be the face, I had a picket sign in my hand as early as I can remember. I used to love door knocking because that's where I got to learn about my grandfather. And people would tell me stories about how he'd have dinner in their backyard or invite them to the Manoogian mansion. So I just felt like I never wanted to stop. And, you know, and I was reading about that, and I know your background a bit from that, um, you know, that is really cool for some people. It's like, oh, well, that's an obvious thing. 
kind of like how Bret Hart went on to become WWF champion because his dad was involved. As you, you know, you're probably looking at that as an example, but it also seems to possibly lead to uh, some pressure, like not just to do it, but you have an example to live up to. If you are not a great listener, or you know, if someone is new to politics, if they mess up, they mess up. But if you mess up, you know, it's you have a lot of things on your shoulders there, right? Yeah, and that's not even only because of my uh, background or um, the history in politics. I also see it as my age. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've never been the absolute best public speaker. And so that's also something that COVID really kind of helped me guide me through both my election and being in the legislatures. Zoom's a little bit more easier talking to a group of 50 to 100 people than standing at the head of the um, table and talking about yourself. Um, so I also thought that that was a little bit of which lifted the pressure. Um, but from my family, I, I felt more of the pressure that you need to do whatever you can to help the people around you. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're not doing that, then that's when the pressure kind of um, fills me. Uh, so that's why I, I actually volunteered for AmeriCorps um, when I was younger because I was in and out of campaigns. Um, but politics wasn't. I just thought it was politics. I didn't understand how intertwined it was in our lives, and how every single job I had was uh, a mix of politics. So I worked for the AmeriCorps in Detroit Public Schools to abolish the school-to-prison pipeline. And within itself, it had its own um, school equity funding that we couldn't afford certain things in our own school. So that came at the state allocation. Um, And it's just that there's so much else that needed to be done and that people didn't understand how involved politics are in our lives as far as from the local government state to the federal um and so i tried to avoid it as long as i could um and honestly until covid hit um and i have a few other uh reasons why but uh covid was really the main push that made me realize that i've been doing it all my life and i need to just stand up and make sure that i fight for my community in the best way that i can and so i made that leap uh and it was scary um and i never looked back so well i'm glad you didn't look back at that point but uh we had huge youth involvement in the last presidential election, which is when you went ran, um, and it was bigger than it had been for 2016 and uh, 2012. And probably if the youth uh, vote had come out like it did in 2020, you know, we would have had a different election result in 2020 and 2016 is what I mean. Uh, so what what are the main things that mean that are important for people who are you're not yet 30, uh, right? So people who are 30 and younger um, who are running for office. Like, why do we need those people to run? What kind of issues need to be represented that maybe um, other people aren't representing in office right now? No, absolutely. And I think you even talked a little bit about it, how comparison to 16 and 18 to even now, 2020, um, how the young people came out in droves. And I really think that it, amplified the issues that not only I'm worried about, but all the young people are worried about is the life that our um, our parents and our legislators right now are leaving us from environmental to uh, social mm-hmm. to racial and systematic uh, issues that are happening. Um, and it's also what we saw over the summer with Black Lives Matter movement um, and all of the young people coming out and supporting in all 50 states. And I also think that there's been some detrimental effects of um, just the politics that's been happening federally, but it's also really enlightened people to understand 
how important it is to get involved, how important it is that your message is heard and your voice is heard, and just sitting back on the sidelines isn't going to get your message or your point or even your issue across. Um, and so I really think that young people felt and heard that they are being affected by not going out to the polls and not going out and voting, and we showed that in 2020. So that's really important, but I think a lot of younger people, um, maybe younger even than you, are saying, you know, that's, of course, we need to get our issues heard, but when we speak, we're still not heard. We're not winning enough. Um, that's not necessarily what I believe, but that's what a lot of people are saying, that it's, it's kind of why put in all this energy? What are we going to get out of it? What, what do you see as a representative now that it was worth, it's worth doing because here are the results, good or bad? Um, yeah, and actually I hear that all the time, um, and it just saddens me just because I was uh, the young person telling my um, everyone in my high school and in my um, college that how involved we need to get, um, but I had that background, and I had that um, experience, and so I want to mostly say that we're growing up, in a, and we know how pivotal um, that it is that the next option, it's just, I'm sorry, uh, that it's pivotal that young people get involved. Um, just because we need a seat at the table. And unless we get involved, um, is what I'm seeing, is that we need to try in order to be heard. Um, because we did see that a couple years ago, is that we would yell and we would shout and we would tell all the, especially higher education problems, um, workforce development problems that we were having, that we were facing hands first, uh, just experiencing face first, um, and that they weren't listening to us. Um, and I just really feel that um, we need to represent, uh, have representation of the youth um, in our house, in our local government. And I do believe, Tony, what you're saying, it is hard. And so I think that's why I'm just so hard to answer this question because I found it even with having a little bit of background, just how hard it was to get involved, just to mm -hmm. have how hard it was to have that support and have those actual conversations with people listening. Um, and so I just want to tell everybody that I'm one of the reasons why I will push to be a face, to show people and uh, show people that you can be this young and you can be elected and you can have a seat at the table. Um, and so that's why I've actually been a very big participant in Michigan Democratic Youth Caucus, um, because we have ha are having problems to getting that type of funding behind us as far as young people. Um, even in my primary, I had to call my uh, college friends, my school friends for $20 here, $100 there, um, and my opponents were getting $1,000 checks and $2,000 checks, and it's very depleting at times, but it's also, it's we have the energy and we have the gumption to just not stop, and what I actually like to tell people is it's always not about funding. If you're scared about not knowing people, and you're scared about how much it costs, we have so much tenacity as young people and so much energy. We need boots on the ground. Once you start meeting people and shaking hands and start going into those communities um, and those organizations, you could do from small, you could do your neighborhood organization, you could do a youth organization or even a DEMS, um, and really just start shaking hands. And that's how you really gain um, just that opportunity to make that jump um, and be a little bit more comfortable with the people behind you. Because um, I do believe we are in a system that, is stacked a little bit against uh, young people as far as how to get elected, how to get that support, and how to get that money. Um, and so I'm even up here in Lansing trying to show and go to little schools, uh, elementary schools and high schools, and just teach people how I did it 
um, and teach them as far as just like how to start getting involved and even opening up my office for internship, mm -hmm. um, for um, tours. And just because people don't think that it's as attainable or even they don't even as state representative. I know I had a couple people congratulate me of being a senator or congresswoman. So that education piece also isn't there about what your state representative does, how to get as involved and how they even get elected and term limits and when's the best time to meet them or put your name in and everything like that. So education is a really key piece that I'm trying to bring both to my district and to the young people of Michigan. Yeah, I noticed that a lot with people of all ages, really, where they will say, oh, well, we need, why doesn't my state rep do anything about immigration? I'm like, well, he's our state rep and they might do this, but they're, that's why you need your congressperson to do whatever you want them to do. Or why, why does my congressperson not get this, um, get the local transportation department to do this? Well, they can send a letter, but that's not what they do. Uh, you know, it's, it's a big deal to try and educate people about just what government does. It's really kind of surprising how many people don't realize the different levels of government and, and what they all do. Yeah. And I think my favorite phrase in Lansing is, um, or even being a first-time legislator, uh, is you don't know how to be a legislator until you are. Um, there's no pre-class uh, that you could take, and even interns, and I even had my father, and I was in and out of uh, the workings of the state legislature, but until you are in that position, that's when you really learn. So everybody else, um, which young people hear so often, is you're not as experienced, or you don't know enough to have this position, is... I am sitting with 110 other people that have a difference in education experience and lives. And I've also met a 10 year old that had more experience than I have in AmeriCorps um, as far as uh, just dealing with life, dealing with um, uh -huh. equity and like their community. And so you don't know someone's deep history. And that's why I also was um, very excited to graduate uh, from Wayne State University with an anthropology degree. And it really allows me to just holistically look at the person and where they come from and why they really truly believe and how they um, really believe in their values. And I feel like that's a stepping stone for young people is that uh, we just need to start talking to each other and start entertaining the conversation. Because if we don't talk about it, we just say, oh, we can't do anything about it. And that includes both voting and running for office. Is that if you're not going to do anything about it or think that we aren't, then at the end of the day, we aren't. So we just need to really take that chance and move forward and do everything we can um, just to try to push our own values and what we want to see in our community. And it can go even as simple as being your local trustee or even being the head of your uh, neighborhood association or even meeting your neighbor. Um, you guys can agree on uh, maybe a stoplight that needs to be at the end of your corner. Um, and it really just starts from there. It's a little wheel that goes down. It's a snowball effect. Um, oh, and I also want to shout out to COVID brought a lot of detrimental things happening both in our country and especially in um, our states uh, and experiencing in our communities. But I do believe this is um, an advantage that we'll have uh, for young people to get involved. Um, just how much they are uh, technologically advantaged. Um, and even I, during my primary, like I said, it allows people to feel a little bit more comfortable in their own space. Um, and also learn a little bit more about the problems going on in your community that have been exasperated in COVID. Um, and I just getting involved with that and having COVID affect everybody in the same, if you're rich or you're poor, um, people that don't necessarily have to worry about getting food 
for their everyday family are now having to worry about that. And so mm-hmm. it's a different world where conversations can happen across age range and across ideals. So you think that one of the, not bright sides of COVID, but one of the things that might come out of it is that it's kind of broken down some barriers where now people know they have to pay attention and that there are more ways for them to be involved because they can do it from home. Maybe it's less, there's less walls put up to how to be a participant in, in government. Yeah. Um, and I'll even shout that out to how my local Redford Township um, board meetings are now fully attended rather than the same five people because it's right in their homes. It's mm-hmm. for people that couldn't get off work soon enough and can work virtually. But it's also forcing these neighborhood associations and these other places to be accessible via email or via Facebook and just to be able to get on a lot of platforms so people can see it. Because um, I didn't know there was uh, probably seven to ten neighborhood associations until I was a state representative, until they gave me a district profile, they gave me names and numbers, and I don't think I knew of two of them. Um, and there, one of them was right around the corner, mm-hmm. and it was just because it was ran by a senior, and they only made phone calls. And so it's really sending that net out to people, and especially young people who are tied to their phones or communicate better through social media or the internet. Um, and I feel like a lot of resources are being more available um, at that level that we can kind of close that gap. Yeah, I, I'm i on local council myself, and our meetings have been um, streamed. But all of us now, now that we're vaccinated um, and are, we're looking to go back, and we have had, we just had one recent in-person meeting, because I don't know about you, but I prefer being in person after a year being on Zoom. It's just, I don't have a lot of hair to begin with, and it's just pulling my hair out to pay attention and things that are virtual. But, um, you know, people, we would get a few hundred views of our meeting, and now that we're back in person, we have the same five people attending. We're still as accessible, but it's maybe created an awareness about how accessible things can be and how it's our managers by, by email, people can get in touch with by social media. None of us were out of touch, but people just didn't even think to for a long time. Yeah, and so maybe it just brings up that conversation, maybe not uh, ever like just keeping it virtual because me, myself, I needed that in-person relationship, and especially as a state legislature, I feel like it's all about those relationships, and you can't really develop that on Zoom and someone's internet going out or someone accidentally being on mute. Um, but having those real-life conversations is really what matters. Um, but I do feel like this is a time where we don't have to go back to normal, but we can go back to what's working and then really gauge for what we need to expect for the future, and the future is digital. And um, especially with sicknesses going around and people feeling more comfortable in their homes, we really need to be able to access people right inside their homes. Um, And I will say that was one of the advantages that I had during my primary is we didn't know what was when COVID was happening. And I feel like I was uh, one of the youngest, not the youngest person in my um, primary, but I was able to transition as soon as COVID hit easier than um, some of the other uh, mm-hmm. candidates because a lot of them uh, didn't have email setups, didn't have um, social media, didn't have even websites or able to uh, formulate Excel lists and uh, mail out stuff. And I was able, since I've worked on campaigns and also I'm pretty digitally uh, friendly, 
um, I was able to quickly make that change. And also I made a couple calls to people I've met in colleges to, uh, hey, I'm trying to run, I have no money, can you put a website up? And it was just the most like, um, it, it went up pretty fast, but honestly it was better than I could have even done it if I needed to have a quick little website design uh, session. And so I just had that advantage. I, I think I had more resources around me mm -hmm. to make my website a little bit more appealing. My social media um, know how to work it as far as posts and how to keep engagement and stuff like that. And I thought that that is really how um, young people need to access themselves and really promote themselves is we really know how to adjust in the lives and the deep history that we grew up with. Uh, I grew up with just a TV and a, uh, a phone that was connected to the wall, but then now I'm in a digital age compared to even younger has no idea how to work a, a little round turn wall phone. And mm -hmm. so it's just this wave of digital age that they're already taking advantage of. And we're not as far as I'm seeing as, as much as we can in the government spectrum and in the campaign spectrum. Um, and we really saw that with Obama in 08, um, just how he just took over the social media. He took over um, just this message he was sending and his marketing was spot on. And I really feel like the young people carried that. And we kind of showed how much power we can have once we kind of keep those moving. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, one thing that Obama also seemingly did, and I don't know if this is true or not, that um, after 2008 that has been critical on the political level is he won. And a lot of people said, great, everything's going to be fine now. And then they stopped being involved. Um, yeah. But it seems like, uh, through groups like Run for Something and other great local groups across the country, <coughs> excuse me, um, that there are a lot of people who uh, that there's more effort to keep people engaged on um, down ballot, and hopefully that's working. I have noticed from afar, from Pennsylvania, looking at um, Michigan, that Michigan seems to have like the coolest group of Democrats, from governor <laughs> on down to like I talked to Jason Morgan, who's from Washtenaw County. Um, a lot of younger people, diverse people, um, you know, you have the Levins who are just amazing. Um, do you, is your state doing more to promote involvement and recruiting people to get involved or is it just luck? <laughs> I definitely don't think it's luck. Uh, okay, good. <laughs> I do think it is, <laughs> it is a, some type of, like I was saying, a snowball effect too, um, is 2018 was really when Michigan elected some of their top hard hit um, uh, governor Gretchen Whitmer and um, Johnson Benson and just these really top hitters that I wouldn't have even thought about getting in if I didn't see a woman in that power and in that prestige being able to do it, to handle it and not get the backlash that let's just say Hillary Clinton might have got um, and just saw that it was possible. And I really think it's just these, these grassroots um, that we're not letting uh, the other side uh, out afford us um, and that we're actually boots on the ground because we meet people. We love to door knock. We love to go face to face. Um, and I really think that having that, uh, and I'm not saying other states don't do it, um, but I think it's just really uh, having that really close community um, engagement is what keeps Republicans a little, uh, that gap in between how awesome they might be.
uh, and how awesome us Democrats might be. Yeah, I don't want to knock Pennsylvania Democrats, but we don't have a lot of women at the high level. We have we recently, in 2018, we elected four women for Congress, and they're great. They call themselves a Fab Four because they're all from our suburban Philadelphia area. But, you know, getting someone elected to be governor or senator, that's still elusive in our state. Um, you know, we like I said at the beginning of this, there's 500,000 elected positions in the country. I don't know how many are women, but it's definitely much less than half. What What's the importance of having that kind of representation? Actually, especially in a state like Michigan, which is so weirdly divided. You know, you're it seems like the Democrats are awesome and the Republicans are, let's say, less than awesome. So... You know, what, what is that importance of representation for half the country? I, I think highly important, especially I'm going to cut it down to even my district is, I think, uh, 65% women. Wow. Um, and, and so not to have that representation or a different representation um, would be uh, kind of moving backwards. And so that's why I was pretty proud to even be a woman um, and be in this position. But I do believe it starts with one. It starts with seeing one woman there and seeing that they can do it. And then it builds women around them. Um, and so I do believe that it might start with your Fab Four and then it's it's going to start slowly. But then you're about to see uh, even more women because I'm actually pretty proud to say that there's more women in the Democratic caucus in our house than uh, men this year. And so having that representation, um, I believe, is crucial to the amount of women and just the inequities that are happening with both women and women of color in Michigan and across this country. Um, and so I just believe that having a seat at that table and actually having a voice um, is what really uh, what really counts. And having a governor that doesn't back down, um, not only to men, but people on the other side trying to make her either cold or make her uh, just something that she might not be, uh, but we're trying to see, but sometimes we see with stereotypes with women in power um, and just not backing down. Kind of showing that women can do it um, and it's really building up the camaraderie that I even have in my local district um, and I even see it as small as me going around to my community and little girls coming up to me and saying thanks or I didn't know we could do it or I didn't know we could have a position like that so when I say it starts at one it starts at one and then going around and showing everybody that you're there mm -hmm. uh, that you're there to fight and you're there to represent yeah so you are there to fight and you have to stand up to um some pretty conservative backlash on the other side. And it, the Democrats, I feel today, in Michigan and anywhere, are, are different than they were 20, 30 years ago. Like, you're your family that did those yeah. things. Um, but the Republicans are, too. They feel like there's, like, a mix. There's, like, almost three parties in a lot of states. There's the Democrats, and then there's, like, the business Republicans, like former Governor Snyder, who I'm not saying he's great, but, like, um, you know, was one kind. Then there's the crazy people. Uh, and... Um, is that the, the way you see it there is almost like three parties and one of them is kind of fighting amongst each other to agree and they can't figure out who's in charge? Um, uh, quite a bit. I am seeing like, uh, I'd say four. Four. <laughs> um, so it's it's one that's Democrat, one that's uh, storming the Capitol, uh, and then one that is uh, business oriented. I, I'd even say one that uh, is kind of sitting by the sidelines and seeing where the Republican Party lands to, to make that decision. Um, and so they're trying to be hands-off. They're trying to even work with us and be as equitable as possible, but still be an ally. And so I mm -hmm. feel like 
those are a lot of the ones um, they, they even kind of get mixed in with those business owners. But sometimes I do feel like there's this gap between some Republicans who are business owners and some Republicans um, who aren't, who are have worked or who are vets. And um, not saying good or bad, but that's just a different uh, right. history that they bring. Um, and so I'm seeing a lot of that. And um, coming from what they say, a safe district in uh, Michigan. And that's basically, uh, I'm a very high Democratic district. We vote about... 87 to 89% Democrat. So my seat isn't um, too concerning as far to uh, the Republicans. So just saying that, they're open to sit down with me. They're open to make some deals and they're open mm -hmm. to actually push some legislation. So I like that in a way, but I also don't like that uh, just because it's playing politics. Right. So I'm lucky enough to be able to be invited, uh, maybe not a seat at the table, but they'll invite me to the room so I can stand in the corner and listen. Um, but that's, that's the first step. And the next is just kind of being able to, um, when I was in anthropology class, uh, probably last year, I read Strangers in Their Own Land. Mm -hmm. And it was a book uh, regarding evangelists that mm -hmm. truly believe that they have been um, pushed back in this society. And kind of a lot of um, what, these, uh, what people want to call Trumpsters, and I'm not trying to put a big umbrella, but it is normally under that, or mm -hmm. evangelists, they feel that they aren't being appreciated or heard. Um, and so after reading that book, I really started understanding that people have their own truths, and they'll start re retreating um, if you kind of start attacking yeah. that truth. And regardless if you agree or not, um, you need to decide if you're going to be working with somebody and being able to understand both their truth and where they come from and maybe where you guys agree with, or if that's just something that you guys will not agree with, just agree to disagree and know that maybe that's not someone I'm going to be working with in the legislature. So I'm just excited to be working across the aisle, trying to figure out personalities and who I can kind of align in some of my values to get something across, not having the majority in the house. Yeah, it seems like, like you said, you're going to fight for or against something, but you can go to the legislature or a borough council like myself or Congress to fight against something, or you could be trying to accomplish something. And yeah. there's a lot of people who spend a lot of time fighting but don't get a lot done necessarily on either side. Uh, so right. it, it, I think it takes a lot of maturity to understand why people will be willing to make deals with you, like you just said, and then you know use that to some sort of advantage to get something passed. Yeah. And I do want to note that we need those people that fight because um, yeah. I do see some of those in that. Yeah, and I'm not saying you didn't say. I just want yeah. to make sure that I noted um, those people with uh, the loud voices and the ones that won't back down regardless if uh, compromise is trying to be made, those need to be heard just because of generations of not. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, because if you – they kind of kind of pull the conversation to an end and then you can be there or someone else can be there to say, okay, now we – I kind of wanted to get to point B. They made it loud, but now I'm going to be the one that can get something passed while they're making the ruckus. And that's that's very. Right. How do we get there, basically? Yeah. So um, you have all these things that you you have an ability to kind of bridge a gap that maybe someone else can't for one reason or another. Um, you had a unique campaign experience, especially as a young person. Um, yeah. This is we're we're coming out of the COVID experience. Hopefully, uh, Michigan's been hard hit, but. So right now, if someone is looking at it saying, well, everything's improving, the person I wanted to win won for president, the COVID situation's better, um, what would be your words of encouragement for why they should not just say everything's fine 
and instead make a difference and run, especially maybe for local office? Um, not to be so uh, pessimistic, but everything is not fine. Right. I agree. I agree. I'm not. I'm... So, yeah, I, I might see uh, the person I wanted in the presidency, but it's also I'm not seeing what I need in our schools, mm-hmm. in our communities, but also in our state when it comes to funding, when it comes to equitable, when it comes to decriminalization, or when it even comes to let's set up the process because we are so far behind when it comes to um, environmental. If let, let's start working towards sustainable living, and that doesn't take one bill or one president. That takes some hard work, and that takes some um, a couple bills and even equitable funding uh, across education system. That's just not one bill. That's I want everything to be equal or one state rep. You you elected me, and all right, she wants equitable funding. Um, and so that's all right. I'm going to let her do that. I need people to fight with me. Mm-hmm. I need people to write other state reps. I need, when I have a rally, you to get behind me and say, let's stop this voter suppression. And I am not the only one speaking out. Um, and that it's droves because we actually, people are heard in groups. Um, and so if I do believe there's a lot of hard work to be done and it is exciting on how much has started because of the involvement going on. Um, so I would just tell them that if we want to carry on this involvement, both uh, involvement and evolvement yeah. of where we're going to be going, um, we just need to carry on and keep um, participating. And millennials are now very much productive voting members of our society. And uh, we need representation in all levels of government, whether it be county commission, uh, local school board member, um, or even a state representative. Um, I just believe that everyone deserves to have place at the table and they won't give it to us until we ask and until we demand it yeah. so my I, I think growing up a lot of people said that um had this belief that politics is someone who has a long resume well that may be true for the president now um you're a representative you're not resume mary kavanaugh you're like so people their attitudes should not necessarily be that we need to have this people with 10 12 15 20 years of experience and then they run it's important to have all these different groups represented in legislature yeah. representatives, right? Like that representation across any kind of, whether it's veteran, like you said, or um, business owner or young people, black people, whatever that, that, that makes a difference in terms of what legislation comes out. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just really glad you made that point, Tony, just because uh, your story matters, whether it be yours, whether it be another young person, whether you had, cancer, or like you said, you went into the uh, Marines or anything like that, that makes your experience and that makes who you are and who you're fighting for. Um, So all I say is learn about your community, learn about what you want to do and get involved as much as possible. Start researching. Facebook is a great place nowadays to find out what's going on. Maybe even um, listening to a panelist, listening to, if you have kids, or um, anything like that, listen to just something that really hits your heart. Because as soon as you do that, that really drives the fire. And as soon as you have fire, that makes, uh, it puts the fire in your butt. Then you do what needs to be done to see what you need in the community and you don't stop at anything. And I believe that um, young people have so much um, tenacity and ideas and creativity and uh, they're even, Younger people are completely different from who I was. I know um, when I was younger, it wasn't 
um, acceptable to kind of talk about LGBTIA plus communities. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't okay. Like uh, I came, I came from San Diego when I was five years old, uh, and my mom told me to stop speaking Spanish and straighten my hair and wear blue eyes. And it's just we need to be able to stand up for who we are, where we come from, and believe that that's all that matters. And that's all the resume that you need. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I did not print out my resume and send them to the residents of my district. Um, so resume does not matter. Uh, they just asked, what will I do for you, for them? And how will I be the biggest supporter for their needs and their issues along with mine? And I spoke from my heart and I didn't stop fighting. And I told them, you trust me and uh, you trust what I've been doing for several years. Um, and I haven't digressed and so that's why as soon as you can get involved you could show what history you have in standing up for the beliefs that you want to be elected in great now if people want to learn more about you follow you um what are the best ways that people can follow your progress on social media and learn more i would definitely say uh as i said a couple times during this podcast facebook is one of the best mm -hmm. and i believe it's uh forward slash Mary, and I'm going to just double check that. Um, but it's also social media and Mary Kavanaugh at house.mi.gov in case anybody has uh, any email that they want to send me, any new um, young people learning how to get involved, even if it's from another state. I'd love to give my story, what I did in my primary, because I didn't have the support of, um, let's just say, I might have the history, uh, but the people that were, su were supporting my father supported another candidate. So it was, I needed to get endorsements. I needed to get money and I needed to make those calls and uh, kind of do boots on the ground and make my own campaign. And I do believe that every young person has a capability. They just need to have a mentor or even someone to go to when they have to ask questions. Maybe it be stupid, maybe it be smart, um, doesn't matter. Ask more questions and that'll get you uh, exactly where you need to be. And I just want to add, I think that once you're in politics, it's so much easier to ask, quote unquote, stupid questions because you have friends and you realize, one, you're never going to know if you don't ask. And two, um, your question probably isn't that stupid. It's something like, how do you do this or why should or shouldn't I do that? Like, you're not going to know if you don't have someone you can ask. Yeah. Um, and just to note, it's at Rep. Mary Cavanaugh and that's C-A-V-A-N-A-G-H, and that's the best way to either see what's going on or even message me. I'm the one that controls those messages, so even if you want to send a personal message, why'd you get involved, how'd you get started, what do you suggest, I'd love it. Um, and even uh, follow some other Facebook pages. It's Run to Win, Fems for Dems. Um, they give a lot of support regardless of when you start, who you are, and what you want to be. Uh, they just know, um, like you said, you don't think it's a smart question until you kind of get in the government and everybody's asking questions everywhere. So you don't know you're a state legislator until you are. Um, and I'm kind of, once I got here, I noticed that everyone wasn't smarter than me. Everyone wasn't like uh, been here for 10 years or knew everything more than I did. Everyone was trying to learn how to submit a bill, how to talk to a clerk, mm -hmm. who, to, who to see across the aisle or how to even... Um, write your name on a co-sponsorship or even what button to press just to say yes. So even as simple as that, if people are explaining, um, it's always good to ask and always good to move forward. Terrific. Um, so I really appreciate that. And I agree. You need a mentor. There are a lot of people like Mary who 
want to be a mentor, um, being not doing something is not an acceptable answer these days, and there's so many people out there to help. Uh, please follow um, Mary on social media. I will tag her in this post with with, with the podcast goes up, and uh, email con- contact and follow all the Michigan Democrats because, like I said, of all the states, there are some quote unquote more Democratic states, more progressive states, but it, um, honestly. And I've even talked to some people there. I would pick the Michigan Democrats over the Hawaii Democrats and some other states as well. So thank you so we're much. Pretty, we're pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. Best of luck. I can't wait to see what you guys get done. Thank you, Tony. Thank you again uh, for all of this. And please follow me and ask me any questions you guys want. Uh, short, long, whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to jump in. I love it. Thanks for doing this.